Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, asking for your help during this Lenten and Easter season. Support from our listeners is vital and allows us to bring you and many others high-quality spiritual programs like the one you are listening to now. It also assists us in our outreach to areas around the globe, touching literally millions of souls via the World Wide Web. Our highly rated free Discerning Hearts app allows you to access over a thousand audio files as well as video content now available on our expanding YouTube channel. We've been able to offer online spiritual seminar retreats with Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essef, and Deacon James Keating. The heart of our mission is to help foster authentic spiritual formation for the seeking soul so they can fully encounter the living Christ and share in his mission of healing hearts and spreading the good news to the world. Please, won't you help us to continue this important work of evangelization by donating today to DiscerningHearts.com. DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Once again, thank you, Chris. We are approaching the final chapter, essentially, and especially in the area of dryness as it pertains to spiritual desolation. It's As you said before, dryness is something that is not a good thing, but actually it kind of is because it's showing that we're growing in prayer. If we recognize it, we have to be we have to be aware, understand, and then know how to keep moving forward in it, correct? Yes. Whenever we feel dryness in prayer, it's like a, a flag that alerts us to something. And as we've been seeing, that single sentence, my prayer is dry, can mean many different things. That dryness can come from a number of different causes. And that's what we're trying to lay out here are various things. Maybe we just need formation in prayer, or like a Kathy is growing, or like a Paul's father, there's something we need to share with the Lord and so forth. So that's what we're, we're going through at this point. And we have one more experience of dryness in prayer to take a look at. And in this case, we have Bob. We've seen Bob a number of times and his wife, Julie, throughout the book. And it's a year after we've last seen Bob, he too has been growing in the spiritual life. And he's learned about a way of making the full Ignatian spiritual exercises that doesn't require you to go off to a retreat house somewhere, that you can do just continuing to live at home. And what you do is you set aside an hour for prayer every day, usually takes six, seven, eight months to go through the the entire experience. You pray for an hour, you do some journaling about it, and then once a week you meet with your retreat director. And so you go through the full exercises in this way. And Bob's learned about this. He's long wanted to do it. He's found somebody to direct him, and he is just about to start doing it as this scenario begins. And this is a a series of emails that Bob writes to his brother. So now he's one week into the experience of the exercises. The scriptures for prayer have all been about God's love, a welcome place to start. 
So this is where the spiritual exercises always begin, what Ignatius calls the principle and foundation. Before we go any further, Ignatius says, let's let's strengthen the foundation. If we're even praying or we have a, a, a spiritual life and if we want to discern God's will, it's all because we know that we're loved. We've been loved into being, loved from eternity, loved to have a purpose in life and called to share that love for eternity with the Lord. So that's where the journey of the spiritual exercises always begins. And that's where Bob is as he's beginning. Today I prayed with Psalm 139, 1 through 18. God's closeness, God at the origin of my being. It's still new, but in a good way. I've never spent a full hour in prayer before, and I welcome the stretch. Thus far, it hasn't been too hard, and it seems fruitful. All right, a month later, so we're five weeks now into this experience. At this stage of the exercises, we pray for increasing freedom from sin. So that's the next step in the uh, spiritual exercises. Before we focus on Jesus with hearts open to where the Lord will lead us in terms of living our vocation more deeply or wherever we are in the spiritual life. Ignatius has us pray for some days with scriptures that call us to an increasing freedom from sin, that the obstacle that could be in the way of following the Lord fully. So that's where Bob is now. Today I prayed with the sin of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 and all the harm that came from it. Now let's watch reverently Let's watch what happens as Bob prays with this theme. I have to say that it's getting harder for me to pray. I found the way their sin was punished troubling. So let's just note this again reverently. When Bob prays with the sin of Adam and Eve, his focus is on the punishment. There's no apparently no recognition in there that, you know, also in Genesis 3, I will put enmity between you and the woman you will lie in wait and she will crush your heel and so forth. As after I prayed with their sin, I was supposed to see Jesus on the cross and how he loved me enough to die for me and save me from this. It didn't turn out that way. I just keep feeling uneasy. I'll talk about this when I meet with my director. So again, there's that blessed accompaniment that he's not just alone with this. So what's happening? Why is that that when Bob prays with the sin of Adam and Eve, an uneasiness now has come into his prayer. With a focus on their punishment, a week later, my director kept me praying with Genesis 3, and this is a good director because he senses something's been touched in Bob. And so he invites Bob to stay there. In a way, it's kind of like the dentist tapping around the teeth and there's a twinge when he taps at one of them. The dentist doesn't just go on because he'll, he'll want to take a look at whatever healing might be necessary there. It's something like that. So the director keeps him praying with this text of Adam and Eve, and he encourages me to stay with it, even though he knows it's hard. He tells me to go gently, not to force anything, but not to avoid it either. The same with Jesus on the cross. He also gave me Romans seven fourteen through 25, all struggle about not doing the good that he wants, but doing the bad that he does not want. It's all getting somewhat heavy. So there's no resolution to this yet. And the director is inviting Paul to stay here because something is being touched. So we might, if we want, say that Bob's prayer has become dry. But obviously something important is happening here. Three days later, 
I'm still praying with the same theme. It's supposed to be about freedom from sin and God's mercy, but that's not the experience. At this point, it's all dry, all difficult, so the pattern continues. I don't want to make the hour of prayer. When I do, I'm unsettled, I'm distracted, and God seems distant. I'm committed to this process, so I show up. And that's great, that's perfect. That's Streets of Avila, as we said, just not giving up. And I try, but nothing moves me very much. It's discouraging. Maybe I'm not meant for this. So there's some spiritual desolation in here now. And there are the enemy's suggestions. Maybe you, uh, you're not really up to this. Maybe, uh, Bob goes on, I'm overreaching myself spiritually. We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Four days later, yesterday things got heavy, so whatever's been happening now seems to come very much to the fore. I say and I believe that God is loving, but I don't feel it. As I was praying about sin, it hit me that I felt like this before, and now the door is opening. You know my relationship with Dad. I respect him, and I know he loves us, but he could be hard on us. Do you remember the report card when all the grades were good except for the B, and that was the only grade he mentioned, and the sports car we bought and were trying to repair? I'm not good at that, but I was part of the project, so I had to try. I worked on the body and didn't mix the materials right. Everything had to be done over. I still remember his disgust and his comments. These are only two of the many incidents like this. Praying about my sin and the cross feels like this again. 
I don't measure up. How can God be pleased with that? The cross feels less like love and mercy and more like having to face my failure. So something very important is happening here. And we really look forward to the moment when Bob will be talking about this with the retreat director. As Bob is experiencing this sense of heaviness, Adam and Eve, sin, the cross necessary for it, the punishment for sin, the consequences, something is tripped in his awareness and he recognizes I felt like this before and precisely in his relationship with his father. So there's real love there. There's something good about it, but there's also a sense that you need to measure up. And if you don't measure up, uh, you're going to be made to feel it. And this is really important and beautiful that Bob can see this connection because this is going to unlock something. And so wisely, the director sensing this invites Bob to stay with this kind of prayer, praying with these themes, because something is surfacing here. But it's not easy as it is surfacing. Two days later, yesterday I met with my director. He wondered if I might be projecting onto God my relationship with Dad. And the director really gets this right here. That appears to be what's happening. The way he experienced his own dad, he expects to experience that as he relates to God. And let's not be hard on Bob here because we only have one experience of fatherhood growing up. And there's something very beautiful about that his father's fidelity, the real love, and the providing. But there was also another side to it, that uh, either you measure up or you're made to feel it. He wondered if I might be projecting unto God my relationship with Dad. Unless I did things perfectly, I'd be made to feel it. This was completely new to me. My director asked me, we can almost tell what's going to come here. My director asked me if I'd ever spoken to God about my relationship with Dad. If I'd ever shared with God that mixture of love, respect, nervousness, and interior pain, I never have. He asked if I'd be willing to try. I didn't know. I answered that I could at least ask God for the grace to do this. And that's a beautiful thing. If we see a step before us spiritually and we don't feel ready to take it, we can always at least ask God for the grace to desire to do it. The director encouraged me to do so and suggested that I pray with Mark 1 11. So these are the words of the Heavenly Father to Jesus in his baptism. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. This is another beautiful instance of how fruitful spiritual direction can be because the director is able to choose exactly the verse in Scripture that will speak to this need, this place in Bob's heart and that I hear the Father say these words to me. And that's the truth of it. That's what baptism means, that we are made adopted sons of the Father. And so the Father says to us in Jesus, as he says to his own son, you are my beloved son, my beloved daughter. In you I am well pleased. So what's going to happen when Bob prays with us? A week later, I've spent the whole week with Mark one eleven. So that hour of prayer for seven days, He's never moved beyond that single verse. I can't move past it, and I don't want to. So something has really moved here. It's been an emotional week. For the first time, I have spoken to God about my relationship with Dad. There was more pain than I realized, and I was surprised to feel anger as well. 
The new thing is that God doesn't seem to react the way Dad did, so the projection is weakening. God the Father, as he truly is, is emerging for Bob as he prays. That when I share my failures, my self-doubt, my limitations, and my sins, there is no belittling, no scorn, no rejection. He's just there, listening, welcoming, understanding, wanting to heal. It may be that I'm understanding the cross for the first time. I mean, really understanding it. Prayer still isn't entirely easy, but it's not dry anymore. A month later, the old patterns resurface at times as I pray. God is a Father who watches for faults, for sins, who shames me, who makes me face my failures. But something is changing. I didn't realize that I saw God the Father so much in the image of Dad. When I think about it, how could it be otherwise? That was my experience of fatherhood. That was all I knew. Now that I'm starting to separate the two, I can begin at least to let God the Father be the Father that He really is. And that's a beautiful thing in the spiritual life when we are increasingly able to meet God as he truly is. What if Bob was not praying like this? What if Bob was not accompanied like this? My director continues to give me scriptures about God as Father and his love for me, so this is a perfect director. I am praying with the life of Jesus, and my director has given me several passages in which Jesus speaks about the love between him and his Father. From this I have a new grasp of what it means to be a son, a beloved son, of this Father. With you I am well pleased. These words mean more and more to me. Three months later, the exercises are about to end now. I'm near the end of the exercises. Remember when I thought some months ago that this wasn't for me? I see now that the issue was my need to discover God as he really is, that he is not what I thought. The difference changes everything. Prayer has been happier in these past weeks. Consolation has returned. And I think that something has changed in a lasting way. I have more to learn, more growth to attain, but I feel that now I can really meet God and talk to him. And the benefits of this now spread to his marriage and family. I've shared all of this with Julie, I told her that I also want to speak with Dad when time is right, and she agrees. I hope that something new can happen in our relationship as he relates to his father. Dad has been through a lot in these past years, and the time might be right. If so, it would be a blessed fruit of these exercises, so that the fruit of what's happened may actually become a blessing for Bob as he relates to his own father, and something new may be able to happen there. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, sometimes if prayer is dry, it may be because our image of God is called to grow. And the way we may limit God, uh, understandably and with no fault of our own, simply out of life's experiences and relationships, can give way to the a truer, more complete image of God, the God who says, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, in you I take delight. And then as Bob experiences, bread isn't dry anymore. Father, I'm reminded of the devotion to Our Lady, Untire of Knots, that 
in some ways, that's what's happening here. But you have to work at getting that not out. It takes just as the spiritual director had to help because as you get rid of one knot, you kind of see where the origin of another one is and you just have to be very gentle and persistent to be able to continue to bring freedom from it. Certainly, as Bob looks back over his experience of his retreat, these months of being guided by his retreat director, he'll be very grateful to the director that the director didn't say, well, it's difficult for you to pray with Genesis 3, so we probably should move on to something else. But that director sensed that it was important to stay there because something that really needed to emerge in his relationship with God and find growth and find healing and find newness, uh, something like that had been touched there. So because uh, Bob is willing to do that, things become clearer. And now he begins in a new way to be able to relate to God as God. So he ends the retreat filled with a new hope. A real formation has taken place through the faithful prayer over these months. And something that very likely, the story ends here, but very likely if it were to continue, we would see him trying to reach out to his father in new ways. And who can say what blessings might come from that? You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. Or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for struggles in the spiritual life, their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.